guide me, always lead me. I shall not want for anything. Still waters, green pastures. I rest so much in beauty. Even though death lies before me and darkness is all I see, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're always with me. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of my days. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all of my days. For you are with me. You're always with me. Amen. Come on up. This is going to be a little bit of an unconventional uh, service, which I know you can't possibly imagine, but I know you're open to. Um, <laughs> We are going to do a little bit of reading, a little bit of singing, talk about the project, have a little Q&A, and, uh, and fit that within the space of, of your readings and sermon time. So we just wanted to start by talking a little bit about the project. So as Kathy said, um, I am a Unitarian Universalist minister, um, and Bonnie is a non-denominational Christian minister, entrepreneurial startup minister, I like to say. She started with eight in her living room and has about 100 now um, and meets at... 13th in Utica at a Lutheran church, uh, helping them to sustain their building. And um, this project came, I left All Souls about three and a half, four years ago, and um, really during that time, I've been doing diversity and inclusion training, I've been doing consulting and coaching, um, but was really trying to find a little bit about where is my ministry role outside of the context of that large church? Who am I as a minister separate from being the minister of all souls? And I will tell you, it took about two years before I feel like I had had some nudging in a way to kind of sort through that for myself. And one day in prayer, I heard very, very clearly that um, I was to write songs from the Psalms. And so whether or not that came from deep within my soul or outside is irrelevant, frankly. But I turned to Bonnie and said, I'm going to write a song for every psalm. And she said, how about just a few? <laughs> and I said, no, I, I, I do sign up for big things. If you have been around Tulsa, you know that I have worn a collar for a year every day but Sunday. I have blogged about that. I, have, uh, I, I do, when I step into things, I step into them. And so I did, and that was about a year ago. 
and um, I've written a, pretty much a song a week. We've been traveling pretty regularly recently, and so it's lagged a little bit in our timing, but pretty much I'm taking my sermon writing skills that I had from the large church and applying it to my songwriting skills, and I'm trying to just be done with the song. Do you see what I'm saying? Once I've started it on Sunday, as Kathy well knows, you set the, you set the theme, you set the idea, and you just do it, and it's got to be done. And that doesn't mean it's beautiful or finished, but it means that somebody's going to hear it. So there it is. <laughs> so that's what we've been. That's what I've been doing. And Bonnie, um, Bonnie has graciously added her percussion to it to keep my timing on, which is lovely. She does that in lots of ways, frankly. And um, and has been a big uh, supporter of the project. And so what's been great is that her congregation has also really enveloped it and allowed me to try out these songs on the congregation and give them an opportunity to sing through them. And I've been able to hear which ones I feel like are, are working and which ones are singable and which ones are more anthemy and which ones are choral arrangements. And, and it's basically been just a real joy. And I, it's been a wonderful study in the Psalms. I don't know about you, but... Even through my seminary education, I did not spend much time in the Psalms. Uh, there's been a real um, reinvigoration of people studying the Psalms recently, and so it seems to be really good timing, which is fantastic. Um, but I just show up to the page. So on Sunday, I sit with the Psalm and um, pray with the Psalm, and then typically attend Bonnie preaching. She is a Jesus preacher um, trained at, at Word of Faith. Bible, Ramus Bible College, right? They wouldn't have her now, but they had her then. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> they don't know what they're missing, frankly. Um, but the reality is, is that I'm going to church hearing Bonnie speak on the New Testament pretty much every, the Christian scriptures every Sunday. And so what I'm able to do is, is really see the connections between whatever psalm I'm sitting with and whatever she happens to be preaching on at that time. And that's found its way into many of the psalms as well, which is beautiful. And then I take my universalist kind of Christian lens of her preaching and, and kind of put it through everything, um, uh, we don't agree on everything theologically. No surprise. <laughs> um, but but it's been a real blessing. And the, the just so you know, and you can kind of see some of this just in what I've already introduced you to, I'm sticking in first person. Um, the Psalms are often in first person. Um, I'm staying with first person, and I'm leaving a lot of the language really open. So you is a nice way to do that, um, so that you can decide for yourself what goes in that space. If it's spirit of life, if it's God, if it's Jesus, if it's um, the overarching love of humanity, whatever it happens to be, there's some space for you to, I hope, get into many of these. Uh, I am taking some of the imagery, as you saw with um, Holy Mountain. Um, the idea of Holy Mountain, which is really interesting, is a, it used to be that there was a specific place where you had to go in order to be with Yahweh, they believed. And now this idea is that basically in, in Unitarian Universalism, we believe that you are always on holy ground, right? You have an opportunity at all times to be on holy ground. But I love this idea, too, that we often forget that. And so sometimes we, and the Psalms are all about forgetting, <laughs> forgetting the love of God, forgetting that we shouldn't smite our enemies, forgetting, there's a lot of forgetting going on in the Psalms. <laughs> and so um, there, it's an opportunity to remind us, but Holy Mountain in particular, the one that we just did, um, is you can see some of that influence that I'm talking about because 
Jesus isn't necessarily in it, but at the same time, when you're singing verse 2, I, I've been betrayed, I've died to old ways, and I've been raised, those are the themes of the Christian scriptures, right? So you're going to see those themes. And Jesus was a rabbi, so it's not that he didn't know all of his themes from the the Hebrew scriptures, right? He, he got many of his themes from the Hebrew scriptures, and so you're going to see this parallel kind of moving through and among them. Um, so our plan today is just to talk a little bit about the project itself, to sing for you, to we'll open up and have some questions. We'll read some of the, um, the text so you can see kind of how I take something and move through. Um, I did Psalm 23, if you didn't recognize it. I, that's what I was doing after the prayer response. Um, most people know that psalm, so even humanists know that psalm, right? There are many people who know that psalm. So that was one of the harder ones to do, just so you know, because ev- there's there's been a lot of renditions of Psalm 23, as you can imagine. So I had to really not pay attention to any of them. But it's also one of the ones where I use the most of the of the text. In, in most of these psalms, I will pick out a couple of themes and maybe a line or two that is verbatim and really let it filter through my life right now and what I need from spirit and go that direction. Uh, in Psalm 23, I feel, really felt like I had to be true to the text because so many people know it. It was hard to stray from it. So with that, I wanted to play um, Psalm 25 for you. So if you want to go there with me. And Bonnie, do you have your Bible app on you? I forgot my Bible this morning, which is just terrible. Um, a lot of people ask me what um, version I use, since there are lots of them. I typically start with the Amplified. It's one of my favorites because when there's some, uh, when there's a lot of flexibility about an important word, the Amplified version will put in parentheses like six different translations of different things it could mean. And so I like to be able to read along in the Amplified and and then and start there. Sometimes if I'm finding it hard to translate to present time, I might even dig into the message, which I know is not accurate, but fun, it's fun. And then um, I'm, I've also got recently, Bonnie bought me uh, the Zen Buddhist translations of the Psalms, which are by, what is his name? Uh, Norman Fisher. Norman Fisher. Um, who is fantastic. But I, we just found out today, and I actually have been working with that book for a while, but I, we, I went to do Psalm 43 yesterday, and I was like, wow, this one's really tough. There's no real new themes in it. I wonder what Norman Fisher has to say. And I go to it, and he goes from 42 to 46. And I'm like, you just cheated, dude. Like, <laughs> So he didn't spend any time in it. Um, I wanted so um, I'll, Psalm 25 is I'll wait. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, this text. Where's the part about um, expectantly? I wanted to talk about expectantly. Yeah, yeah. So in uh, Psalm 25, verse 5, it says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you and only you I wait expectantly all the day long. Um, there's a lot of themes in the Psalms where uh, this ache, this desire, this longing for God in a space where um, God seems to be missing in their lives um, is there. And, and at the same time that I really honor that, I also think that there's something now that is about how do we stay tapped in? How do we keep our God or our spirit channel kind of constantly tuned in? I heard someone say not too long ago that they like to keep a browser window open for, for, for spirit, which I think is beautiful. 
it's this like you know you're working in your other Chrome or Safari or whatever, but you keep this other tab open. So if something miraculous happens or something beautiful occurs, you can offer gratitude and be you know be aware and awake for it. So it's about being awake. It's about keeping that idea that idea on something larger than just the literal practical world that we're walking through all the time. What are the themes? What are the patterns? What is the meaning that we're making of this at any given point? So this is called I'll Wait, and it's Psalm 25. Hi. Give my first breath to you I turn my whole heart to you As the day breaks I lift up my soul to you To you I pray For you I wait So show me your way Slow down my pace When I am running a path on my own Guide me in truth Take all that I am You'll make a way Where there's no way For you I give my mistakes to you I I turn my eyes to you as the night falls I lift up my fears to you to you I pray for you always so show me your way Slow down my pace When I am running a path on my own Guide me in truth Take all that I am You'll make a way Where there's no way For you As the day breaks I will wait for you As my heart aches Lord, I'll wait for you As the night falls Oh, I'll wait for you To you I pray For you I'll wait So show me your way Slow down my pace When I am running a path on my own Guide me in truth Take all that I am You'll make a way Where there's no way For you I'll wait To you I pray for you Thank you. 
so as as you can see, I'm picking picking up a theme and then trying to make it relevant to this time, this day, to my eight year old. Like we have an eight year old who runs around and she knows these lines, several lines from the scriptures, now Hebrew scriptures, because we're singing these songs and she's helping do church setup and going to rehearsal and singing them around the house. And, you know, it's really fascinating. She's actually in piano lessons right now and she's learning how to play the melody of one of the Psalms right now on, on the piano, which is just, I mean, you know, who, who thought that that's what we'd be doing a year ago? Not us. Just so you know, it's been a really amazing ride. Yeah, Psalm 12. So I want to go to Psalm 12, which is um, your promises. So I know that there's some PTSD in the room regarding, um, and in my own life, frankly, I had to work through some PTSD around um, uh, the Christian scriptures especially and um, what what the message is of the gospel. And I have come to some real clear conclusions that the PTSD that I had is based on people who are nuts and not the scripture. Um, so, so I have really fully embraced and am, am really digging in deep to my roots in Christianity, having grown up in Oklahoma um, and grew up in Oklahoma City. My, my dad was a Buddhist Christian. He didn't know he was a Unitarian Universalist, but he was a Buddhist Christian. He um, meditated regularly, but had pictures on his altar of Jesus and Buddha and John Lennon, and that was just, and Krishnamurti, and about, anyway, he was a wonderful human being, um, passed away in 2011, uh, but his influence on me was really early on was that it was about the, the truth beyond the messenger, right? That there is a truth beyond the messenger. And fortunately that sunk in pretty early when I had people trying to translate the Bible to me in very, um, I would actually say abusive and nearly heinous ways. So I want to honor that in the space. And I also want you to know that, um, that's not who I am. And I'm trying to make space to be able to re-engage with these scriptures and the, and the roots of my, my faith tradition are also the roots of Unitarian Universalism. So both our Unitarian and our Universalist, um, heritage come from um, Jewish and Christian scriptures, right? They're really grounded in that. And so I have experienced in my 12 years as a minister now, um, a lot of people who really just reject the Hebrew and Christian scriptures altogether, like everything but Jesus, right? Everything's okay but Jesus. And I'm really trying to push us a little bit on that because I, I believe that there's a lot of work to be done, to be done in reclaiming the scriptures. And frankly, I want people who look like me and us, um, which is already radical. It's already radical enough just singing these songs, right? And then you take the theology on top of it and then who we are. And it, you know, it, it, it's, it's radical for people to experience in some, some ways. So I hope that you can, you can be with these and, and this idea. But this one is called Your Promises, and it's Psalm 12. And it says the words, this is Psalm 12, verse 6. The words and promises of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. You, O God, will preserve and keep them, and you will protect folks from this generation forever. So there's this idea that we've been given um, promises throughout the Hebrew and Christian scriptures, and I've been told all kinds of things about what those promises are. And so this song is about that in particular. Oh, yes, please harmonize, says Bonnie. We know that there are choir people in the room. (laughs) Sing loudly. 
You're not, you're, you're not interrupting us. It's not a concert. We, these are songs that we hope to create that you will want to sing. And I hope you can see, too, that my, my songwriting skills are simple. If you're a musician in the room, it's like, oh, well, that's cute. It is cute. <laughs> it is cute. And, and it's cute. It, they're simple melodies for a reason because I want them to be earworms. I want you to go home and one of these stuck with you and now all of a sudden you're singing Psalm 12. Ha ha. <laughs> I've been told you give strength to the weary. I've been told you offer hope when there's none. I've been told that you are salvin' salvation. That your promise to us is love I've been told I hold the keys to the kingdom I've been told you'll solve my hunger and thirst I've been told that I am your beloved And that you love me first Your promise to shine like silver they get better over time Your word, it sustains me Not my will, but thine I will not join the vile and the shallow They're two sides of a broken heart I've been told their words are all empty But they're tearing me apart you promise to shine like silver They get better over time Your love, it sustains me Not my will, but thine If I knock, the door will open If I seek, then I will find If I put love above all else from your promises I'll rise Your promise to shine like silver They get better over time Your love, it sustains me Not my will but thine I've been told you know my heart and my name I've been told your cross is mine to bear I've been told that my sin and my shame Are covered and in your care Your promise to shine like silver They get better over time Your love, it sustains me Not my will but thine not my will but thine not my will but thine yay good singing so questions I'm curious about what questions you have while we're looking up our Psalm 19 to read to you Questions, thoughts? Yeah. Why, what a great question. I did not plant her. 
Uh, we are currently t- touring the country, singing at UU, UCC, Presbyterian, Methodist, and Disciples of Christ churches, trying to fundraise the money to be able to get into the studio. So we found a producer. Um, I started in the studio last week, li- narrowing down the 12 that we're going to put on the first release. The album will come out September 30th. Um, thank you. We have pre-sale. We have pre-sale albums out there to help fundraise. So just know that. Um, but we need to raise about ten thousand dollars, and we've got about fourteen hundred right now. So that's what we're working on. That's why we're trying to introduce this to so many people, is to get folks to engage. And if it if it's a project that inspires you, we'd love to to have you help us out to buy some stuff. There's swag out there in the hallway. We'd love to talk to you about. It. We have a wonderful um, producer whose name is Jacob Sung. He's actually here. Song, excuse me. He's here in um, in Tulsa, actually at like around 48th and Peoria at Black Box Studios. He produced my first album that we whipped through in like two months, and um, those are for sale there too to help pay for this project. But he is a uh, he's got a lot of big vision, and he's worked with a lot of both Christian and non-Christian artists and. Um, this is really, this album is more in his wheelhouse, so I'm really excited to be working with him on this particular project. Um, I wanted to read some of Psalm 19 to you, and I'll take some more questions too if you've got them, but um, Psalm 19, um, the heavens are telling of the glory of God, and the expanse is declaring the work of his hands, her hands. Day after day pours forth speech, and night after night reveals knowledge. The sun's rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. I love that. There's nothing hidden from its heat. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So this is Psalm 19, where we're looking for Psalm 19. Any other questions or thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't say. Yeah, I didn't say God chose sides. I said that I believed that in in the Psalms, it appears as though we believed that God chose sides. So the writers of the Psalms were wrapped up in the idea that God chose sides because there's a lot of language that is um, God smite my enemy, um, uh, ruin his children, all kinds of really beautiful ideas about picking and choosing, right? Picking and choosing who is covered and who is not. So it's as though God chose teams, right? And I believe that part of the, even, obviously I believe Judaism stand on, stands on its own. But when you're looking through the lens of the Christian scriptures, the idea is that Jesus released that idea that there's no longer a choosing of sides. There's no longer a necessary thing that you have to do or say in order to be on God's good side. Everyone is a beloved child of God. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yes. So you heard my answer. Yes, you heard my answer. But the question was about um, believing whether or not us believing whether or not God chooses sides. And we don't believe that. It's just that's what shows up in the in the Hebrew scriptures and the Psalms a lot. That language. I'll do a song in a minute um, for the offertory that I'm kind of jumping ahead on, Kathy. But I'm going to do a song for a minute for the offertory that was actually written this time last year when Charlottesville happened. And I was in Psalm 5. And the language behind that one is um, that I wrote on was, their throat is an open grave. And this idea that all the hate speech, right, and all of the, the terrible things that come out of their mouth, it's, it's just an open grave. It's actually, and I had such a visual image of an open mouth and basically the, the, the tomb, 
right? And we need to watch our words and, and the kinds of ways in which words can kill. And then the other piece of that particular hymn is um, uh, by their own design they will fall. That is a common theme in, in the Psalms that basically the, the trap that they're digging for me, they will fall in it themselves. And so I pick up on those two themes for Psalm 5, which I'll do during the offering. Kathy? Oh, sure. Thank you. Kathy has a question on the mic. For um, all those who consider themselves Christian and universalist, who do sit in our pews and go, ah, this is a breath of fresh air. I want more of this. And then I'm going to speak for all of our humanists and atheists who go, so what? (laughs) Talk about the so what. So the reason why... um, why this matters to me and why I think it could matter to you (laughs) as a so what um, is just the it's a reclaiming of something that I believe has been um, I want the right word (laughs) it's been um, I think usurped Uh, there's a way in which I believe that the Bible speaks to the common themes of humanity. The reason why it's lasted so long, if you just set aside all of the institutions that have grabbed it to to beat people down and oppress others, let's just set that aside for a moment. The other reason why it has also survived for so long is because the stories in the Bible are psychologically true, if the, if anything else. There are there are stories inside the Bible that that ring true to our experience of being human and being alive. And so to be able to reclaim these from that lens is also super powerful in my opinion. Does that help? Okay. Yes. One more question. Well, this com- this community has heard my critique, and you have too, that Unitarian Universalism, in its continuing to ask questions, has thrown a lot away. That, and you talk about reclaiming. Yep. And so on a certain level, and you mentioned that you are radical doing this. Yes. And what's radical about it, on some level, is that you have um, brought ritual into your home and sat with texts over and over again, which is a tradition that we don't do as Unitarian Universalists. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a very personal question about what has sitting with these for a year been like? You mentioned a little bit about your daughter, mm-hmm. but uh, this is a marriage. Mm-hmm. This is a home. This is a, uh, you may have had ideas about how has your theology changed over the last year, or has it, or deepened her? Sure. Um, well, I would say for me, um, it has reminded music has always been home for me when when in all the transitions of my life i have written songs uh, when my dad died when i moved to college when i so i've always had music and songwriting i come from two singer songwriters um and and i think that that's always been home so having having that as part of my prayer life has has helped me to realize how songwriting is part of my prayer life uh, when I don't do it I notice um, I know that uh, Bonnie has her own ritual and process that she goes through as a preacher who's preaching once a week right so she sits with scripture and and we're both big walkers we, we like to walk and sing walk and pray walk and go so that's definitely happening around our house 
Um, I think it's definitely um, an influence to me, as I mentioned, that back and forth between what she's studying and what I'm studying blends into different ways. But my theology, um, my theology has been universalist for probably five or six years. It hasn't changed too much through the course of this, but it has made me appreciate the Psalms in a way that I didn't before. And frankly, it's a real, as a diversity and inclusion trainer, working with people in polarization at opposite ends of all kinds of ideas, um, I will tell you that it's practice having to take what I believe is the persistent love of God and apply it to um, a situation where people are saying, no, there's poles. There's po-, and I say, no, there's this third thing that encompasses you both. That's what I'm doing every week, right? And then I go to work, and I find myself in these conversations, too. Look, there's these two poles. No, there's something that encompasses all both of you, right? So so there's, in a way, it's like practice for, for the work that I'm doing, too. Do you want to say something? Okay. So let's do day after day, and then, um, and then we'll move to our uh, offering. <clears throat> oh, before we do that, can you turn to Psalm 10 for just one second? So I just want to show you a little bit, because not all of these are guitar-driven. We have some that are percussion-driven. We actually arranged one in um, an SAT for a choir. So um, I just wanted to give you a, a quick little taste. We're not going to do all that, but if, you're, if I have some choir singers in the room, I would love for you to sing with me for just a moment. So we'll just do a few, a little bit of this. It goes like this. There is a God closer to me who will not hide, inclines his ear, who knows our names in times of trouble. We're not forgotten. He is a helper in times of need. Oh, won't you stand closer to me? Open my heart that I may seek your precious love. Oh, won't you stand closer to me? Open my ears that I may hear your precious love. And just for good measure, there is a God closer to me who will not hide, inclines her ear, who knows our names in times of trouble. We're not forgotten. She is a helper in times of need. So you can see that there's a couple of choral arrangements in there as well, and that lets you see a little bit of the breadth. So let's do day after day real quickly, and then we will turn it over to Psalm 19. Turn it over to the offertory. Day after day is the dawn, night after night. I sing a song, I know your love makes me strong Day after day, day after day is the dawn You bring joy to my heart You bring light to my eyes You make me whole you're better than any goal. Day after day is the dawn. 
Night after night I sing a song I know your love Makes me strong Day after day Day after day Is the dawn The heavens speak of your glory The sun shines on everyone Your favor is endless You're sweeter than honey cool Home, cause you bring joy to my heart You bring light to my eyes You make me whole You're better than any goal Day after day is the dawn Night after night I sing your song I know your love makes me strong Day after day, day after day is the dawn The stars tell of your promise Seek and we will find We're not alone Even where darkness abides Day after day is the dawn Night after night I sing a song I know your love Makes me strong Day after day Day after day Is the dawn The birds sing of your presence Spread on the wind through the trees Your love is flawless You're better than we can see Day after day is the dawn Night after night I sing a song I know your love makes me strong Day after day, day after day is the dawn May the words of my mouth and the prayers of my heart Be acceptable in your sight I'm your beloved, my rock, my redeemer You're better than any goal Cause you bring joy to my heart You bring light to my eyes You make me whole, you're better than any goal Day after day is the dawn night after night I sing a song I know your love makes me strong day after day day after day is the dawn